Good news, good news. So, uh, I heard that uh, Hunter Biden is a tither. Yeah, his computer says he gave 10% to the big guy. Go ahead, stand on your feet. Go ahead, stand on your feet. Go ahead, stand on your feet. Are we ready to have a wonderful time in the presence of God today? Well, you know, I shared with uh, some people uh, about our revival fund and how excited it is and what's going on in the church and what was prophesied over that. And my brother, Apostle Theo, from Christian Family Church, San Antonio, gave us $50,000 towards the fund. Yes, amen. So now our revival fund is at $125,000 after five weeks, $125,000. And our building fund has just topped $410,000. Now can we rejoice a bit? Can we shout hallelujah? Thank you, Lord. Just remain standing a minute. This might be for one person. I don't know, God sometimes uh, gives me a word just for one person. Uh, but you've reached an impossible situation. Your back's against the wall. There seems to be no way out of what you're having to deal with. The situation is that bad that unless God does something, you're going to go down. Your marriage is going to fall apart. Something terrible is happening. I don't know what it is. And you don't know what to do. That is the situation you're facing right now. As I said, it might be one person. It's okay. It's okay. The rest of you can sit and listen. But I have a word from God for you today. Number one, keep your eyes on God. As we've just been singing, keep your eyes on God. Keep prayer and praise on your lips. And keep the miracle in your mouth. That's what God wants me to share with you today. All right, go ahead and be seated. God bless you. In Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, the scripture says, Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Run with endurance, looking unto Jesus. The Amplified Bible says, Looking away from all that will distract to Jesus. Looking away from all that will distract. Look to Jesus. So don't look at what you don't have. Look at your supernatural source, and that's God. Don't look at what you don't have. Because we don't see things as they are. Amen? We don't look at what we can see. We look at things that are unseen. We look at the unseen. We look not at things that are seen but at that which is unseen. We look away from that which is seen, which is distracting you, bringing confusion and, and, and problems in your life. Don't be distracted by the deception of Satan. Don't listen to, has God really said? I'm going to ask you something. Is Jesus still on the throne? Can you say yes? Is God still God? Is the Bible still true? Amen, amen, amen. Is the name of Jesus still above every name? Is every knee still going to bow to the name of Jesus? You sure about that? 
Will the sun rise tomorrow? Come on now. Is the Bible still true? Don't let the devil talk you in through his deception to giving up this fight. God is on your side. You're going to come through this in Jesus' name. The Good News Bible says, Let us keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, on whom our faith depends from beginning to end. He did not give up. So keep looking at Jesus. Your faith depends on what you see. Jesus, I'm not talking about the natural. You have to see Jesus. You have to see Him glorified. So fix your eyes on Jesus. Run this race with endurance. Run this race with perseverance. We win, people. Turn and tell somebody we win. So run your eye, run looking at Jesus. If you've got glasses today, take them off. Take your glasses off for a minute. Okay. Point them up at heaven. Keep your eyes on God. And for those who don't wear glasses, you just look up. Come on, keep your eyes on God. Amen. Come on, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Keep running. You know what's going on? He's busy perfecting your faith. Going through this trial, because you win, you have to be patient with perseverance. At the end of the day, your faith will be perfected. You know, three kings came against uh, Judah, and King Jehoshaphat prayed a prayer. And I want you to read this prayer, or at least portion of it, with me. Let's go to Second Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 12. Oh God, will you not exercise judgment upon them? We have no might to stand against this great company that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. And that's what I'm saying to you this morning. There's somebody here this morning and you don't know what to do. But the answer is put your eyes on God. Put, fix your eyes on Jesus. Don't let that fade. Now the Spirit of God comes upon a prophet, Jehaziel, and he prophesies in verse 15. He says, King Jehoshaphat, the Lord says this to you. Be not afraid or dismayed at this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God. Say that the battle is not mine, but God's. Then he continues prophesying. In verse 17, he says, You shall not need to fight in this battle. Take your positions, stand still, and see the deliverance of the Lord who is with you. Do you know God is with you? He is with you in this thing. You're not alone. And God is going to bring a mighty deliverance for you. Verse 20, believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe His prophets and you shall prosper. You see, we believe the prophets that have spoken over this church. God said right here, and if you believe the prophets, you're going you're to prosper. Something is going to be released in your life, but it's important that you put your trust in God and you will be established. You will be established. And that's why it was so important for those young people this morning to put their trust in God that their life would be established early in life on the foundation of Jesus and the Word of God. Don't wait until you're 40 or 50 years old. The older you are, the harder it becomes for you to make a decision to serve Jesus. The more settled you become in your ways. 
In verse 21, he said, the king said, when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who would sing to the Lord and who would praise the beauty of His holiness as they went out before the army. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? The army is going to war and what do they do? They take their worship team and they put them in front of the army and they go, you guys are going to go and sing and praise. That's what you're going to do. And you're going to worship God as we go into battle. Yeah. We're looking for volunteers in the worship team. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. But they were happy to do it because they knew God was with them and something special was going to happen. So what did the worship team sing? They sing, praise the Lord for His mercy endures forever. Can you sing that? Now nice and loud. Praise the Lord for His mercy endures forever. And when they began to sing... And to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Sinai, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. I want you to hear this this morning. There are people, there are enemies, demonic forces, whatever situations that are coming against you. Coming against you to destroy you. So mighty that if you could see them, you'd go, oh God, I can't cope. There's nothing I can do. But here's what God's telling you to do. The first thing you need to do is keep praise and worship on your lips. Begin to believe in God and believe His prophets. Begin to sing out God's praises. Say, I can't sing. That'll drive the enemy quicker. The Bible does say make a joyful noise unto the Lord, right? And I have done that my whole life. I keep tormenting God, hoping one day He'll give me a voice. But until then, we'll leave it to our worship team. Number two. Number one, keep your eyes on God. Number two, keep prayer and praise on your lips. I want to tell you something. God is moving mightily on your behalf. You may not have seen it, but I'm asking you to keep your eyes on God. Right now, right here, you don't know when you don't know what to do. When you say, Pastor Henry, if you only knew my circumstances, there's no way my marriage can be saved. There's no way this could happen. There's no way my business could be saved. There's no way that the, this illness could turn around. There's no way that my child will come back. Everybody say, but God. Yes, yes, and yes. Do not be afraid or dismayed by the great problems that you are facing in your life. For the battle is not yours, the battle is God's. God is stepping in. He sent Jesus to defeat your enemy and to give you faith to overcome the world. You shall not need to fight in this battle. Why? Because praising and worshiping is not fighting. Seriously. Praying and seeking God's face and moving into the secret place with God is not a battle unless it's a battle with the flesh because your flesh doesn't want to do it. Your flesh doesn't want to yield to God. You know, if, if at, at about 35 minutes this morning of praise and worship, if you're thinking it would be nice if it would stop now, this is long enough, you're dealing with the flesh. That was the flesh talking to you, all right? The flesh was trying to say, well, sit down. That's enough. We've praised long enough. Next week I'll come at 10.15. No, no, that's the devil and that's the flesh. You've got to crucify the flesh. You've got to lay that flesh down. You've got to give your spirit preeminence in your life. You've got to renew your mind and understand God is in the secret place. 
until you press into the secret place, you're never ever going to touch God in such a way that it will change your life forever. You have to move into it. So take your position, stand still, and you will see the deliverance of God on, in your life. He's going to bring about an amazing thing in your life. Amen? Stand still. Believe God. Believe His prophets. Can you shout with me? Praise the Lord for His mercy endures forever. Isaiah 43 verse 2 says, And when you pass through the waters, they will not overwhelm you. Uh, 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 when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. I want you to see something in this verse. It says, pass through the waters. It says, pass through the rivers. It says, pass through the fire. It doesn't say, get there and burn. It doesn't say, get into the waters and drown. It doesn't say, get into the river and be overwhelmed. It says, you're going to pass through. Everybody say, pass through. The Bible says, it came to pass. You're passing through. You're not stopping in the river. Don't stop in the river. Amen. They say, when, you, when you're going through hell, don't stop. Because on the other side is heaven. Bible says, yeah, if you go through the waters, I'll be with you. And he said, when you go through the river, it shall not overwhelm you. I'm with you. The rivers will not overwhelm you. And the fire will not burn you. And you will not be consumed. Can you believe the word of God? Can you believe what his prophet said? Say, my eyes are on God. I will not be dismayed. For you are with me. The battle is yours. I believe the prophets of God. And I will prosper in this thing in Jesus' name. See, Jonah, God spoke to Jonah and he said to him, I want you to go to Nineveh and I want you to pronounce judgment at Nineveh because of their sin. But Jonah knew in his heart that uh, God would change his mind if he went and preached repentance to them. So Jonah, instead of listening to God, he decides to do his own thing. I'm, not, I'm going to run from the presence of God. And that's when his problem started. People, listen to me. Has God told you to do something, whether small or great, and you still haven't obeyed him? That's where your problem started. That's where the issues are. The issues are becoming obedient to God and following what he says. So he runs from God. And guess what happens? There's this big storm that occurs, and the crew throw him overboard into the water. And they blame Jonah for the problems that they've got. Listen carefully to me. Is it possible that people close to you are experiencing problems in their life and blaming you because you're not walking out what God has been telling you to do? Just say, oh, me. And say amen or anything like that, but just say oh me. You see, your disobedience to the instructions from God affects other people. You don't live in isolation. Your family is affected by you. Your children is affected by you. Your spouse is affected by you. People at work is affected by you. It's imperative since you know God that you obey God. And when he speaks to you and gives you a simple thing, it might be be on time to church. Amen. It may be, be in the praise and worship, participate. It may be tithe. It might be tell your neighbor about Jesus. It might be just pray for that person. I don't know. It could be a small thing. could be a big thing. But don't let the crew throw you overboard. 
So God prepares a big whale. We call it a whale. It's a big fish, whatever it is. And this fish swallows him whole. Now he's inside the belly of this big fish. And he realizes at this point, yeah, I'm not getting out of here. Great revelation. A little slow. I don't think there's no windows. Actually, I can't even see a thing. Now, you, you, you know, we, we make light of it, but how many of you have ever maybe gone to throw the garbage out at night and uh, you walk through a spider web? Anybody? And how did that freak you out? And you're, you know, six foot something and you're a big man and a little spider web? Have you ever been to the beach and you're just like knee deep water and then the beach and some seaweed wraps comes around your leg? And you get in, you walk on water, just like no faith needed. Up we go, bam! We're, we're in the. Here I go. I'm 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 getting out of here. Happened to you? Now, how would you like to be in the belly of a whale, where there is no light, it's complete dark, and the seaweed is wrapping around your neck? And listen, listen, listen. There are other fish in there with you. You're not the only fish in the belly, because when he sucked you in and everybody else, he sucked other fish in. There are people over there fishing, hitting your feet all the time, walking around, knocking you all over the place, like the whole thing. And it's dark, and you can't get, and you can't see, and you can't escape. And when you get to the side, it's it's uh, you know inside the belly, inside you can't get out. Hello, how many are happy? You got to understand the condition. This man, he suddenly, suddenly remembers God. What will it take for you to remember God? Jonah two verse five. The water surrounded me, threatening my life. The deep sea covered me completely. Sea words was wrapped around my head. I sank to the bottom of the mountains. I sank to the bottom. I sank to the bottom. The person I'm speaking to right now, you're at the bottom. You've sunk to the bottom. There's no further way down you can go. This is it. You're in the belly of the fish. You're at the bottom. Where the bars held me forever. But you brought me back from the pit, O Lord my God. He was at the bottom with this. I mean, there's no further. He's in big trouble. But he remembers God. He finally remembers God. Verse 7. As for my life, says my life was slipping away. I remembered the Lord My prayer came to you in your holy temple. But I will sacrifice to you with songs of thanksgiving. I will keep my vow. Victory belongs to the Lord. As my life was slipping away, he was almost at the very last breath. There is nothing more he can do. There is no way out. My marriage is dead. There is no way out. My business is dead. There's no way out. We've got the last bit of money to to feed our family. Uh, My my credit cards are maxed. Uh, My loan is up. Everything is in trouble. Financially difficult. My children don't want to speak to me. My husband doesn't want to speak to me. My wife doesn't want to speak to me. You're at the very, very end. You're at the bottom. And then the well goes deeper. And then you remember God. This is when you remember God. This is when you turn with your whole heart, with all of your mind, with all of your strength, 
When you say, devil, I'm looking away at that which is distracting me from Jesus. And I'm putting my eyes back on God. Because God is going to help me in this situation. I remembered God. I remembered God. And you know how I start? With songs of thanksgiving. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? What is this deal with thanksgiving and singing and praising? Get a hold of it, church. Get a hold of it. If you're not a praiser and you don't give thanksgiving, I am begging you, get saved. When you find out who Jesus is and what He's done for you, you will not be able to stand still. Amen. Amen. You will be jumping for joy. Lady in the back there, stand up. I'm pointing at you. Yeah, you've got the same shirt as I've got on. Yeah, that's you. You're filled with the joy of the Lord. You're filled with the goodness of God. You know Him and you know that thanksgiving and praise is what changes things. When you came to church today, you came with your heart ready to give thanks and praise to God. And you couldn't keep yourself still. Amen. God's blessings and anointings and power is upon you and He's making changes for you where changes couldn't happen. God is going to make a change for you in Jesus' name. Praise and thanksgiving. Praise and thanksgiving. Church, if you'd only get it, if you'd only get it, change, 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 change. So I have a question for you. What will it take to stop you from praying and praising God? What will it take? See, are you in a situation right now where the problems you're facing are so difficult that your emotions are being crushed? When you're saying, God, I can't even pray. I'm not sure that you'll answer me. And as for lifting my hands and worshiping and giving thanks, nada, not going to happen. Not until you change me. Not until I feel better. Not until I feel happier about that. Then I will praise you. You got the cart before the horse. It doesn't go that way. It goes this way. When you come in feeling down at the bottom of the barrel inside the whale's pit when nothing is going right for you and you're at the bottom and you're right there, your life is to be, that's when you jump up and say, I'm going to worship God. I'm going to worship God. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to give. Come on, stand on your feet. Come on, get up on your feet. We're going to worship God. We're going to praise God. Give God grace. Give Him praise. Give God praise. Hallelujah. No matter what's going on in your life, give Him praise. Glory to God. Keep your eyes on Him. Keep your eyes on Him. Keep praise on your mouth. Keep praise on your mouth. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. All right, you may be seated. See, it's not too late to remember the Lord, no matter what you're going through. It's never too late. And right now, it's not too late. God is not letting you hear the sermon, whether you're present or whether you're listening online, or because it's too late. God is never too late. Never too late. He may not be on time, but He's never too late. So, pray for help. That's what Jonah did. We praise God with a song of thanksgiving. But you know what? Jonah made a promise. God, I'm going to serve you. You get me out of this thing, I'm going to serve you. And listen to me, church, I'm asking you. If you're making a promise today to God, keep that vow. If you say, Lord, you can turn around my marriage, if you can turn around my business, if you can turn around my relationship, if you can help me with that sickness, I promise you, I make a vow, I will serve you with all my, all my days. My family will serve you. I will sacrifice my life. I will lay my life down at the cross. I'll pick up my cross and follow you. If you make that commitment today, don't back off because there's a whale waiting for you.
Do you understand the victory in your life belongs to God? So we should give Him the glory, shouldn't we? Give Him the glory for the victory in Jesus' name. Number three, keep that miracle in your mouth. That's what I said to you in the beginning. Keep that miracle in your mouth. Elisha stops by a Shunammite woman's home in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 13. Elisha says to his servant Gehazi, Tell this woman, we appreciate the kind concern that she has shown us. What can we do for her? What can we do for her? Hear me. God is asking you that question. What can He do for you? You say, well, God knows, but He's still asking. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. You have to ask. Yeah, are you hearing me? In other words, God would just supply anything and just say, well, God is just doing, no, 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 you have to ask. You have to ask and believe. So God's, Elisha says, tell Gehazi, tell, tell her, what can we do for her? And she says, no, nothing. There's nothing I can do. I'm, 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 everything is fine. And then Gehazi answers and says, you know what? She doesn't have a son and her husband is old. He's an old man. All right. So what she's saying, she's barren and her husband can't help with the situation either because he's old. What is it that you're facing that when you look in the natural, you go, yeah, but I'm barren and my husband is old. What does that mean to you in your life? What is missing in your life? Yeah, well, this is not working and this can't work. And this is already past repair. Things can't turn around. Yes, they can. They can turn around because he's the God of the impossible. He's not the God of the possible. He's the God of the impossible. So he says, Elisha says to her, Next year at this time, you will be holding a son in your arms. Hmm. So here's what the prophet says. You'll be holding a son in your arms. So the prophet said, manifestations are coming to the promised church. Visitations are coming to the promised church. Release, increase, resources. Visitations coming to the promised church. When you're barren and nothing seems to be moving, nothing seems to be happening, God speaks a word of life. So the word of life was you will have a son next year this time. And she says, yay! No, she doesn't. She says, no. She says, no. The first word out of her mouth is no. How many times has God spoken to you and the first word out of your mouth was no? I want you to go and ask that person if you can pray for them. And you may be in Starbucks. And there's plenty of opportunity if you're in Starbucks. You might be in Home Depot. I don't know where you are. What's going on? You may be in Walmart. doesn't matter. God says, I want you to go up to that person, tell them Jesus loves them. Ask them if you can pray. Oh, no. There you go. And you want to know why God's not moving in your life. Because the very simple instruction he asked you to do, you say no. Well, this woman said no. Why did she say no? She said, Lord, oh man of God, don't deceive me and get my hopes up like that. You know what? She was afraid to believe. This great word had come to her. She was going to be healed. Her marriage was going to be restored. The business was going to be supplied. Things were going to break free in her life. Her children had come to God. And she was afraid to believe what the prophet was saying because she didn't want to be disappointed. 
She had no hope in God meeting her need. Are you there today? Are you there today? Listen to me. Don't be afraid to believe. The battle is not yours. The battle is God's. God is going to do this on your behalf. And sure enough, a year later, she had given birth to a son, just as Elisha had said. But the child dies. He's young. He's maybe 10, 11, 12 years old, and he dies. Now listen carefully. This is not symbolic of a dream that died. This is not something she was hoping for that died. It's not like I'm going to give up on that dream. You know, I'm just going to quit. I'm not going to believe anymore for that dream. This is not a dream. This is the manifestation of the prophetic word. It's in her arms. It's there. It's a living, breathing child. In other words, the dream has come to pass. God's word has come to pass. She's experiencing the manifestation. And then it dies. You see, some of you have experienced the manifestation of God in your life. Promises come to pass. And then it died. Your marriage came off. The wheels came off. Your relationship with your children ended. Your child ended up as an addict. Your child went to prison. And the real living manifestation died. And now you're in that place with, oh God, oh God. It's not a dream that died. It's a thing that you brought into my life that I was enjoying. I was living. And it died. What do you do? What do you do? Well, I'll tell you what she did. She took the boy and she went and carried him, verse 21, and laid him on the bed of the man of God. And she said, tell my husband that I'm going to see the man of God. What she did is she took that corpse and went straight to God. She went to the man of God's bedroom on his bed and she laid him on his bed. She turned and she moved towards God. She didn't run from church and say, well, when I sort things out in my life, I'll come back to church. When things turn around, I'll start to pray again. When things turn around, I'll start to tithe again. When things turn around, I'll get happy again. When things turn around and God gives me another spouse or something else happens in my life, then I'll begin to worship Him. A thousand times, no. No. You run to God with your problem. You run to prayer. You run to the church. You run to the prayer meeting. You run to P3. You push into God further than you've ever done before. Because God is the one who's going to bring that person back to life. Going to bring that situation back to life. And you see, the husband says, what are you going to go and see the man of God now? It's not a holy day. It's not a new moon. It's not what. What's going on? Is the boy okay? And you know what she says to her husband? Go and tell him, it is well. Everything is okay. Can you say it? It is well. Come on, give God praise. Come on, give Him praise. Shout, everything is all right. Say it again, everything is all right. So she goes to Elisha, the man of God, Mount Carmel. And when she's still a long ways off, 
Elisha saw her in the distance. And he says to Gehazi, this is verse 26, run to meet her and to ask her, are you all right? Is your husband all right? Is your child all right? And she doesn't break down and say, my child is dead. She doesn't break down and say, the promise that you made, you lied. I told you not to make that promise to me. I told you not to say those prophetic words over me. I told you not to prophesy that you're coming to have visitations. I told you not to prophesy this and that and this and that. Because now look look where I'm at. This is your fault that I'm having this. This God, this is your fault. She didn't say that. She said, it is well. She had the promise on her lips. She had the miracle in her mouth. And she said, it is well. Tell the prophet, everything is okay. Come on, turn and tell somebody, everything is okay. Tell him everything's all right. Elisha raises the son. Elisha raises the boy from, from the dead because the mother would not let go of God's promise to her. Don't let go of the promise God has made you. It will work. It will come to pass. She continued to believe in the face of the impossible situation. Stand on your feet. Come on, stand on your feet. Let's finish this up. She, 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 kept, she kept her eyes on God. She kept her prayers and her praise going. She kept her miracle in her mouth. Shout, everything is all right. Say this, I'm going to keep my eyes on God. I'm going to keep praying and praising. I'm going to keep my miracle in my mouth because everything is going to be all right because it is well. The battle's the Lord's. The victory's mine. And I'm going to give Him glory in Jesus' name. Now give Him glory. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 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 There is no battle that God cannot win for you. If you remember, keep your eyes on God. Keep that praise and prayer coming out of your lips. Keep that miracle in your mouth. Keep saying your word is enough. Your word is good enough. You said it. I believe it. That settles it. In fact, you said it. That settles it. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Turn and shake somebody by the hand and say, I'm glad I came today. Shake them by the hand and say, I'm glad I came today. I'm walking out in the victory. I'm walking out in the victory. My life has changed in Jesus' name. I'll never be the same again. I'll never be the same again. Amen, amen, amen. All right, we're going to have our prayer team come on down here. If you need prayer for anything, when you get to them, just tell them it's all right. Just tell them it's well. It's all right. If you need prayer for anything, come on down. Let's pray for you in Jesus' name. Have a great week. Would you do me a favor? Would you give the devil a rough time this week? I mean, just please give him a rough time. If he jumps in your way, you say, devil, get out the way. I'm coming down the middle of the road. You watch out. You watch out, devil. I've got your number. In Jesus' name, the battle's the Lord's. Amen? All right. Well, have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday. And prayer meeting on Wednesday.